geolocation technology refers to the collection of data that comes from either a mobile device or a, a desktop or laptop computer. And really it's a key indicators that reflect the location of that device and the individual that, that's associated with that device as well. You know, historically going back, you know, 10 plus years or so, IP data was kind of the key geolocation data point that had become kind of the, the de facto standard. But over time, there's been a tremendous amount of innovation and modernization in this space. And you're now seeing a huge focus on a lot more highly accurate collection of geolocation data. Devices pr provide Wi-Fi data, GPS, cellular data, and that type of data provides a much higher degree of accuracy, and it's a lot more valuable. And it, it, that's quite a distinction from the historic era of just relying on an IP address, which is not going to be an accurate reflection. It can easily be spoofed by some type of VPN or some type of other anonymizing device. So in, in today's era, you know, we're seeing a lot more focus both from regulators, but also investment from industry to focus on kind of that triangulated set of, of location data points, Wi-Fi, cellular, GPS data. So how useful is this in terms of managing security? Because I'm going to be moving around with my mobile device or my laptop or my, my iPad or whatever. It's not, as you say, the way it used to be with an IP address and I'd be sitting at a computer at a desk. How useful is this for security purposes? It's a hugely useful data point for a variety of, of factors. When it comes to, you know, authenticating an individual's identity and ID verification, kind of that KYC process, it's hugely valuable. It provides a very rich set of data for, for banks, financial institutions, as they go about onboarding patrons to have that data set. It's also a hugely valuable data set for law enforcement. You know, of course, all regulated financial institutions have an obligation to monitor and, and detect for suspicious activity. And they have an obligation to provide law enforcement with the most accurate, effective data. And so if they have this more highly useful, highly accurate data that they're collecting from a user, when they are monitoring for suspicious activity, they can in turn provide that, that to law enforcement, which is of course beneficial to them in terms of creating more actionable intelligence for their investigations. Well, this is a subject that's been the issue focus for regulators recently. We have the, the FATF guidance on digital identity. What are they saying about the role of geolocation technology? That digital identity guidance from the FATF, is, it's, it's quite significant, of course, because of the role of the FATF and, and their role as kind of a global standard setter. They're pointing to geolocation identity in a, in a number of ways. They, I, they look at it from, of course, being a key data point to authenticating an individual's identity, but they also recognize that it can be a key data point, too, to, to detect fraud and, and other risk mitigation measures as well. It can be used, if you are looking at, at location data points, it could be an, an indicator of account takeover, perhaps. If you're monitoring someone's activity and you know that they've accessed their account, say from, from London, and they're consistently accessing their account in London, and then in a relatively short period of time, you notice a significant location jump, that could be an indicator of some type of account takeover going on with, with their account or some type of nefarious activity. They view this as a critical data point from the identity verification and authentication standpoint, as well as kind of that 
risk mitigation, fraud mitigation standpoint as well. And they recognize that it's, it's not only critical when you're onboarding an uh, individual, but also as you kind of continually monitor that continuous authentication process, you, you look at their relationship on a continuous basis. You want to be evaluating, kind of analyzing that, that data set as well. Is this something that actually should be the business of banks though? Because it seems to me that we're putting an awful lot of pressure on the financial institution to be responsible for monitoring this. Is it easy to do? Is it complex to do? It's very easy to do. It's Again, it's just another valuable data point that a financial institution can have visibility into when they're evaluating the risk of an individual that, that they have as a client that they have a relationship with. So it, it creates, again, that holistic picture in terms of a, a patron, a, a customer's activity, their digital footprint. It's quite seamless and it really just strengthens their confidence in, in the relationship that they have with, with a customer or, or with a client. It's all, it can also be a valuable data point as well for companies that are onboarding merchants. Of course, right now you see a lot of activity with everything moving into the digital environment. If you are looking to bring in a merchant into your payments ecosystem, you want to be sure that it's a legitimate merchant. You want to be sure that you know, when they are being onboarded onto your platform, that they truly are located where they're, they're claiming to be doing business. And so from that standpoint, you know, preventing risk. Two things that spring to mind there. One is, of course, because of the pandemic and the lockdown that's taken place around the world, even though it's now being eased, whether it should be or not is a separate issue. That has, must have made things a lot simpler for people because in terms of geolocation, nobody's been going anywhere. Uh, but equally, of course, there is the issue of security and fraud prevention and the devil makes work for idle hands and I understand that there have been increasing issues with fraudulent activity during the pandemic. It's troubling to see. I mean, I think it's it's the classic scenario where you see fraudsters, criminal actors, bad actors, they follow the money, right? And so as we see that more and more consumers, more and more individuals are conducting all of their activity, their financial transactions entirely in a digital environment, we know that, that fraudsters and, and bad actors will follow them. Well, this is what I pay my banking fees for, I suppose, is to make sure that my money is still in the bank when I want to get it out myself. Exactly. So exactly. How, how does a bank go about implementing this technology? You enter into an arrangement with a, a technology provider that, can, that you can work closely with when they they are onboarding a customer or, you know, they have an existing customer relationship. They would provide knowledge to the customer that they would like to collect that, that location data. And then the, the technology partner would work closely with the bank and provide from, you know, from the back end an indication of that individual's location when, once a patron has, has provided that consent to, to allow the collection of, of that location data. And it's interesting, you know, you, we frequently see consumer research and, and consumer viewpoints that consumers are happy to provide this type of data as if they know that it's going to be used to provide extra security around their, you know, their funds, their banking. You know, years ago, you'd frequently hear that, you know, someone's on vacation and they can't use 
their card. They can't use their account when they've traveled some distance because the bank may not have been using these types of tools to detect that they were indeed traveling, they were abroad. But this is just a more a seamless way, again, to enable those that type of activity to take place and provide that assurance to a bank that a, a customer is, is indeed traveling and those are, are purchases that they, they want to have authorization to be making. And conversely, if you know, if they see that the legitimate patron is, you know, still close to home, but they detect either an attempt to log into an account from a, a location that is quite some distance away from where the individual is known to live or, or frequent, that again, that, that's an indicator that something nefarious may be going on. And that will, you know, enable the bank or financial institution to get in front of that activity uh, more efficiently before, you know, further damage can be done. Or, or possibly even block the transaction entirely. Exactly. Because I do, I actually have personal experience of this. Many years ago, and I'm happy to say it was many years ago, uh, I was sitting in London, happily going about my business, and I suddenly discovered I'd bought a set of 4 by 4 tyres in Connecticut. I don't know how or why Connecticut, and I have owned a 4 by 4 but I didn't own one then. So I, I know what it's like to be a victim of this. What is the added attraction, the added benefit in terms of digital ID? Can you make my relationship with the financial institution smoother rather than just being more secure or as well as being more secure? Absolutely. Because again, that data is going to provide tremendous value to the financial institution from from the start, right? So they have that data as they onboard you, as you begin a relationship, and then they they have that throughout the the course of the relationship as well. So it it just really kind of strengthens the the overall relationship. And from the start, it will provide kind of that stronger more robust authentication at the outset. You know, another, I think, important policy objective as well that in terms of kind of utilizing this this data point is around right now among global financial regulators, there's a big focus on financial inclusion, right? And in bringing individuals into the the financial system, ensuring they have access to accounts, they have access to the, the regulated financial sector. And this can be a data point to, to provide them with an opportunity to be onboarded. You know, they may not have an extensive credit history, perhaps, but if you can collect the location data, you're getting a, a real valuable validator into where they're located. And that helps you as a financial institution get comfortable with opening an account for them. So from that kind of policy objective, I think that's an important area that, that regulators are looking closely at as well to use this in, in terms of validity for driving and, and fostering financial inclusion. How new is this technology? How recently have we started looking at geolocation as a potential solution to some of our issues in terms of security and ID? I think things have really changed over the past six to seven years. There's been a tremendous amount of of innovation taking place, and that's really where you've seen kind of the the sea change. There's growing recognition that an IP address alone is just not a reliable indicator of location. For example, frequently the IP address associated with a mobile phone is going to be reflective of where the phone was issued. So 
say, for example, my phone was issued in, in Dallas, Texas, although I'm currently sitting in, in Washington, D.C., when I'm on my, my mobile device, the IP address is going to, to reflect Dallas, Texas, because that's where the phone was issued. And so in light of this interest in having more accurate, more reliable geolocation data, there has been this shift to collecting additional data points and, and utilizing them to drive the, the degree of accuracy that regulators want to see, that law enforcement wants to see for their investigative purposes. Certainly in the U.S., we know that there's a huge amount of pressure on the regulated financial system to ensure that they are providing the most actionable, the most authentic, the most reliable information as quickly as possible to law enforcement. Failure to do so results in significant penalties and steep fines. And so this is a, you know, a critical way to make sure that law enforcement is getting that data, that actionable intelligence that they need to address you know, complex financial crimes, to go after the bad actors that are victimizing innocent people, engaging in all sorts of illicit activity. So there's that, that critical component of this too. Well, the one thing we can say, of course, sadly, is that the prospect of a reduction in the number of people trying to do this, the financial crime, the money laundering, it's not getting a smaller problem, is it? Unfortunately, that, that's exactly the case. That's exactly right. And that's why it's just, you know, it's so critical that the regulated financial institutions, the, you know, the major banking institutions, fintech companies are investing in the most effective tools to get in front of bad actors because, you know, you have any discussion with the financial regulator or a law enforcement official and they constantly say that it, the bad actors always try to stay two steps ahead. And it's widely known, it's widely appreciated that the very first thing a bad actor or a fraudster is going to do before they look to engage in some type of criminal activity, they're going to try and hide their location. It's the first thing they'll do to create a fake identity to perpetrate some type of crime. And so if you have tools to detect if someone is trying to mask or conceal their identity, you are going to be in a far more advantageous position to get in front of that bad actor to prevent them from engaging in some type of illicit activity in, within your institution. And that's significant. That's critical.